like to invite Pastor Mark to come up to share our message today. Uh, remember, we're in that series at the movies, and today we're going to look at our second movie. That's then. right. It's you an exciting a, one. You did a great job last week, Pastor Jeremy, talking about Father Stew. How many of you got to see Father Stew in last week? Yeah, it's a pretty touching movie. Uh, Pastor Jeremy focused on uh, God's law, and he's a great teaching on uh, the purposes, the uses of God's law. If you remember, I uh, talked about the curb, God's law curbs society. Does this keep us from going completely off the rails? Uh, a mirror is another use that uh, I can walk around and think pretty highly of myself. Uh, pretty good person. I look at other people and I think, well, I'm better than him, better than that. I don't do this. I don't do that. Uh, but when I look in the perfect mirror, right, the expectations of God, if I look at myself in that, and I was, oh, wow, I've got actually quite a bit of sin on me. I do need Jesus. That's the purpose, point us to Jesus. And then when I'm really thankful that God's forgiven me, I want to serve God. Well, what, should, what can I do? What does God want me to do? Well, his law tells me. So it's a guide. It guides me in my decisions and the words that I speak. So uh, I'm not, you know, it's a, it's a great message. If you haven't seen it, go check it out on our YouTube channel. Uh, Father Stu, Pastor Jeremy's sermon last week. Well, he focused on the law. This week, I want to shift our attention to the gospel and specifically the freedom of the gospel as we look at a movie called Dog. Now, uh, you don't have to have seen this movie to, to really get the, the meaning of the message today, uh, but I do recommend. Actually, all the movies that we picked, we picked them because we liked them, <laughs> first of all, uh, but also because uh, culturally, uh, it's super interesting to me that they, they, they identify so many of the struggles that we have or the issues in the world that we all face, and they always come so close to happily ever after, so close to a, a good resolution, uh, but because they don't have that perspective of God's love for us in Jesus Christ and that total forgiveness that we have in him, Right? They just can't quite get over the hump. Uh, so it's been fun contrasting kind of the stories that the culture's telling in movies with uh, the words that we get from God. All right, so the movie Dog. This is about a former uh, army ranger named uh, Jackson Briggs, Sergeant Briggs, uh, deployed. He was injured in combat. Uh, he had a brain injury, but he wants to get back in action. He wants to be deployed again. But his commander won't let him. He won't sign off the paperwork that he's healthy, that he's okay to do it. But he finally makes a deal. There's, a, there's one task that nobody wants to do. And so the commander says, all right, Jackson, Briggs, you take this dog, who's also a military dog, combat veteran, uh, to her handler's funeral uh, down in Nogales, Texas. If you can get her there to the funeral in time, I'll sign off. I'll let you, let you get back in. And of course... Uh, along the journey, there's mishaps, there's misadventures. Uh, some are comical and some are actually very touching. Uh, so here's just a short clip of the trailer to the movie. I've been busting to get my mind and my body back into a good place. I need to get back in the game, sir. You want to get back in the game? Prove it. Sergeant Rodriguez was a legend. Family funeral Sunday outside of Nogales. They want his dog at the funeral. You do this and you're back in the game. She won't work with anyone. One minute she's good, the next minute she's sending three guys to the ER. What's up, dog? And you're gonna go on a little road trip. Easy. What are you all so scared of? Smell it out, big time. <laughs> Whoa! 
is your deal, man? Maybe just take the crazy down one notch. Yeah, so there's a lot of misadventures there. Uh, so the dog obviously is also suffering from PTSD. And uh, there's a lot of funny things in the movie, but you know what? I think the movie does a very good job being very serious uh, about the effects of traumatic experiences on the human and the dog brain. Lulu is the dog's name, Lulu. She is... Uh, injured and traumatized, and she is lashing out. I know you heard that, if you could hear that in the clip or not. I said, one minute she's fine, the next minute she's sending three guys to the ER. She's biting, she's attacking, she's she's lashing out. And so the key verse for us today, Michelle read it for us in Galatians 5, 15, is Paul writing to Christians, this is to the to the church that was in Galatia, it's actually to, to every Christian, everybody who follows Jesus. He warns, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Now, I don't, at first this seems kind of a, an odd thing to say to warn Christians about biting and devouring each other. Wait, we're, we're Christians, right? Why would he be saying this to us? Well, we are Christians. But you know what? We're also humans. And we also struggle with stress, anxiety, fear. Here's one. Shame. Shame about maybe something we've done in the past. Anxiety about the future. Fear about the present. Worried that someone is going to find out that one secret that we have that only we know, nobody else in the world, not even our spouse knows. And we're human. The human impulse, the fleshly desire to that kind of emotion is to lash out. Whether it's a distraction or who knows. But there's a very simple fundamental. Hurt people hurt people. People who are hurting lash out and hurt other people talk about this all the time with ministry leaders, staff, uh, church staff. Uh, When you see people raging, when you see people uh, uh, biting and devouring other people, it's because they are hurting. Probably because maybe they don't know any other way to communicate, to express how they feel, their fear, their shame. Uh, Maybe it's as simple as misery loves company, right? I'm hurt, I'm miserable, I want you to be hurt and miserable too. So there's a real short clip here, just a few seconds, but uh, in the movie, uh, Briggs, uh, they're they're on the road trip, Briggs gets out of the truck, go in the store or whatever. But anyway, he leaves Lulu alone in his truck. And Lulu communicates how 
scared and how mad she is, the only way she knows how. She breaks out of her crate. Hey, no, 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 no! You're just a demon. You're just a demon. <laughs> and destroys his truck. Again, hurt people hurt people. She is traumatized. She has anxiety lingering. Her brain doesn't know, know how to process this lingering stress from the trauma that she's experienced. And she is lashing out. But I want you to note what Briggs said. What did Briggs call her? You're a demon. A demon. She was hurting him, right? Destroying her, his classic uh, car, his old truck. And he lashes out. He's hurt. He, he wants to hurt her. He wants to, and this is literally demonizing someone else. I'm demonizing people, we hear that a lot maybe in politics. But again, we're Christians. We would never fall in that trap, would we? We would never get stuck in that cycle of hurt people, hurt people. I'm hurt, so you're hurt. You hurt me, I'm gonna hurt you. We wouldn't ever bite or devour each other and end up actually consuming and destroying the whole thing. Now, this is pretty recent example I'm showing on the screen here. Uh, there's hundreds of examples of the divisiveness that is tearing apart our society. Now, you want to talk about this issue, you want to talk about any other issue, uh, we could go down a long list uh, of things uh, in our culture. Uh, I have a uh, very firmly planted, uh, biblically rooted on uh, one side of this issue and probably many of the other issues. Uh, and do we, uh, are, do we, you know, is it our responsibility to be aware? Uh, yeah, is it our responsibility to voice our concern, to vote our conscience? Yes, 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 a thousand yeses, okay? But that's not what I'm talking about today. What I am trying to address is what is at the very heart, what's at the root of this constant biting and devouring and separating and punishing and hurting other people over and over and over again. And it's rooted in that hurt people hurt people. It's that, it's that anxiety or fear or shame that causes us to lash out defensively, maybe offensively, but whatever. Even that's a defense. And fear is not from God. Okay, uh, again, Michelle read uh, the fruits of the Spirit. It's right at the end of Galatians 5. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentle, self, gentle self, uh, uh, and self-discipline. Um, but here, uh, Paul mentions just two of those fruits of the Spirit. But before he says that, here he, he points out what's not a fruit of the Spirit. Second uh, Timothy. God gave us a spirit not of fear, 
fear does not come from God. Well, I wonder where it comes from. Well, it's not from God. There's only one other. Yeah, right. Fear is not from God. God has given us a spirit of power. And it's the same power that created the universe out of nothing and raises the dead. That's the power of the Spirit. We celebrate on Pentecost when the Holy Spirit comes to dwell with the church, with God's children, and dwells within us now and forever. We have that power within us. Of whom shall we be afraid? We know that God is holding us in the palm of his hand. As a matter of fact, he's got the whole world in his hands. Of whom should we be afraid? But no, no, God has actually given us the spirit of power and of love. There's the fruit of the spirit. And a love like Jesus has is selfless. It's caring about the other person even more than you care about yourself. So love would compel us to, there's someone who is hurting, there's someone who is lashing out, who is biting, not to bite back, but instead to listen, to invite them to share. What is it? that you're so afraid of? What, why are you so angry? What do you think that I want? What, do you, what, you know, what are you afraid if I get my way that it's gonna happen? Okay, love is being more concerned about hearing and understanding the heart of them more than you are concerned about making your point in your debate, winning the debate. Love. And a spirit of self-control. There it is. We hurt people, hurt people. That's our natural reflexive response. But I can't think of many things that are done impulsively based on fear that turn out good, that end up helping, that are actually honoring God. But we have that fruit of the Spirit of self-discipline, not being controlled by our uh, emotions, but controlling us, controlling our emotions, our actions based on God's love. And the, the verses here, back in Galatians 5, says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. There is the freedom of the gospel. Because of Jesus' blood on the cross, all of our sins have been taken away and all the sins we'll ever commit are they're wiped out even before we do. But don't use that freedom. Don't abuse his grace to say, well, I can do what I want because, hey, I'm forgiven. No. You use that freedom not to indulge the flesh, the fleshly urges and desires, but to serve one another, look at this, humbly humbly in love. There's that fruit of the Spirit again, love. Then he goes on to say the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment. 
This is awesome because he said, don't worry. <clears throat> don't, even, don't even try to, to, to remember those 472 rules of the Pharisees. You know what? You don't even have to worry about memorizing all 10 commandments. We're going to make this really simple for you, really easy to remember. It's all fulfilled. It's all summarized in this one rule, this one command, this one law. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you love your neighbor as yourself, you'll always be fulfilling the Ten Commandments, hundreds of whatever Levitical laws. Love your neighbor as yourself. I know a pastor who his, his little catchphrase, I really like it. <clears throat> it's kind of a kind of a check. Kind of check yourself. Uh, if something I've done or something I'm about to make a decision, should I say this or should I do that? Ask this one question based on this. What does love require? What does love require of me? I mean, that, that can clear things up pretty quick. Because a lot of times our base, <laughs> our selfishness, let's say, well, I think I could probably do this, I could get away with that, I could, this loophole, and I could make an excuse, I could rationalize the way I could say this or do this or don't do that or don't help them or, or lash out. Nope. What does love require? Well, that just distills it for you right there, doesn't it? What does love require? Now, um, Uh, Briggs, Sergeant Briggs and Lulu, they're caught in this cycle, right, of lashing out, hurt people, hurting people. Round and round they go. And uh, on the road trip, uh, Jackson takes Lulu, uh, stop in San Diego to see her brother, another military dog, a Belgian Melanois. Uh, and uh, his, his name is Nuke. Uh, but what, what Briggs learns is that Nuke and his handler took a very long time to heal. It, it, it was not easy. It's a very long time, very long process of beginning to let their guards down, be able to open up to each other again, stop that, break that cycle. Is that you? Good girl. Will you give hugs now? Really? Lulu gets the best hug. You never had a Lulu hug? No, we don't. We don't. We don't exactly hug. So you tell me that Nuke was just as messed up as Lulu. I had to work him every day for six months. When he stopped struggling, that's when I realized maybe I could stop struggling too. <sighs> now, in order to break this cycle. Somebody has to be the first to let their guard down, to be vulnerable, to be in a position where, yeah, I might get hurt. They might hurt me. Now, when it comes to a human and a dog, the handler and, and, and the dog, the responsibility, obviously, is the human. Hopefully, human is the more mature of the two, but when it comes to two people or two groups or factions, whatever, caught in the cycle of 
hurt people hurting people, guess whose responsibility it is to be the first to put down their guard and be vulnerable? Whose responsibility that is? It's, it's me and it's you, Christian. We live in the freedom of the gospel, which is the greatest freedom there is, and with great freedom comes great responsibility. Now, how can we risk our emotional or maybe even physical safety to be the ones to put down our guard, to be the ones to say, I want to listen to you. Share your heart with me. What are you afraid of? What are you mad about? How could we possibly do that? Well, the only way we can do that is when we know, and more than know, when we trust in what Jesus did for us. The thing that you're ashamed of, or the thing you're afraid of, or that secret that you don't want anybody to know, guess what? Jesus knows it. He knew it before you did it. Jesus knew it specifically when he was hanging on the cross. That's why he went to the cross, to forgive it, all of it, to take it all away from your life, from your record before God. Now, I'm gonna give you a little spoiler alert. How many of you haven't? No, Pastor Jeremy, he promised he's not going to give any spoiler alerts. I did not make that promise. So, Well, here's the thing. I'll tell you this. So uh, my wife, we're dog people. We love dogs. And so my wife will not watch a dog movie unless she knows beforehand that the dog doesn't die. All right? Old yeller, come on. I mean, I have enough sadness. I agree with her. I have enough sadness in my life. I don't need to invest two hours of my life, right, for a very sad, depressing movie. I, anybody, anybody with me on this? Okay. This movie is, is safe, all right? The dog does not die in the end, all right? There's your spoiler alert. As a matter of fact, uh, Jackson ends up adopting Lulu. After all she had done to him, ends up adopting her. And did you notice that in Galatians 5.13, what Paul called you when he was addressing all the Christians, everybody who follows Jesus? He said, you, my brother, my sister. My brother and sister. He, it's, he means that literally. Because we have all been adopted by God. Right? And our baptisms, our heavenly Father has brought us into his family. And we are very much brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. Now, how do you think Jackson felt when Lulu was destroying his classic cars, his old pickup truck? Hmm. Well, how do you think God feels when we destroy his good earth? We pollute it, poison the water, we destroy it. How do you think Jackson felt when Lulu chased after, attacked other people? Well, how should God feel 
when we speak ill of and gossip and maybe even attack another one of his children. How did Jackson feel when Lulu attacked and bit him, the hand that feeds her? How should God feel when we bite the hand that feeds us? Well, you know what? Jesus tells us how God feels. And he, he breaks that cycle of hurt people hurting people. Jesus tells us exactly how God feels while he's being bitten with nails through his hands and his feet, while the people are mocking and ridiculing him from the cross. He says, amazingly, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They're anxious, they're ashamed, they're afraid. They're mad. They're just lashing out. They're communicating the only way they know how, uh, how they feel, expressing their feelings. Just forgive them. Letting down his guard, being vulnerable, loving them more than even he loved himself. And that's what we're called to do here. The body of Christ, the, the hands of Jesus, the feet of Jesus, the words of Jesus, the love of Jesus. It compels us to be more concerned for other people than ourselves. Break the cycle of hurt people hurting people. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are in awe of your love for us. It is so amazing that even born enemies of you, born rebellious to your rules and your will for our lives and for the world that you sent your son to the cross to forgive us and to restore us to a relationship with you, to let us know you fully, to know your love amazingly. I thank you for that amazing grace, that freedom that we have, and we pray that we live in this freedom, not for ourselves, but for our neighbor. In Jesus' name, amen.